Hello everyone, welcome to Women of the World, a podcast that helps guide you back to your true self. I'm your host, Shannon Sarusi, and today I'm speaking with Nadine Zimmert. She's a money coach and we're going to be covering this topic in a really holistic and beautiful way, so let's dig in. Oh, well, welcome to the show, my love. Me, Nadine. Thanks for having oh, me, Shan. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Nadine and I know each other from a Facebook group. It's a women's Facebook group. And we met in there. And I just was hooked on your story, how you moved country and you had this intuition that you were going to meet someone. And you met him. And this all happened. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I kind of feel that, too. That is still um, to be determined. But yeah, I just love your vibe. You're super intuitive, super spiritual. And I feel like we need to get you on and speak about money in terms of spirituality. So welcome. Thank you. Well, I have to, um, you, I think you just said something that was not correct, though. I really have to correct that. I don't think we met in a women's Facebook group. I do believe we met in a past life or lives oh. because the connection we have is quite strong. Oh. From the moment, like the mo- uh, from our first Zoom, it was like two and a half hours later. We're like, all right, we've known each other for years, like decades, like centuries. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I, <laughs> I wonder what you're so gonna just, say, Dad. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just making that point, oh. you know, clear to everyone that you know sometimes you do meet people online that that are you know that you've known for for centuries. So you're definitely one of them. So I'm really glad. Thanks. Facebook. Yeah, true. Facebook was like the the channel for us to meet again in this lifetime. The energy that I get from you is like this very motherly energy. It's very now in the feminine divine from what I Mm -hmm. feel from you. And yeah, I would love to know your thoughts and if you feel it's related to money or if it's related to just the progress that you've done within yourself. Possibly is the progress that I've done within myself. Um, I do. I never came from a corporate background when it comes to money. I have worked in money in like my previous jobs. However, my uh, money practices and the way that I, like my philosophy about money and why people hire me is not because just because of money. That not because I can put numbers together and put them on a spreadsheet and like color code them mm. it's I feel like my philosophy came from my life mm-hmm. and the way I have been living life and the, the life I have I was born into mm. and all of these things kind of like came together to create my very unique way of looking at money and the funny thing is that a lot of people come to me for their money story for their money relationship however they find that money is just a symptom which Mm. we all know that but when you're like oh my god i'm not making the numbers work or there's too much month at the end of the money kind of thing yeah and then it all boils down to like a deeper inner like longing for something else because of the way we were brought up Mm. and the way i approach it is that we really look at your childhood and that is where everything stems from everything your beliefs about life your beliefs about money your beliefs about those you know your partner everything just stems from that so if people are very surprised just finding out that oh we're doing inner child work or we're doing this or we're doing that and they're like 
wow, I didn't imagine this. Yeah. So especially like when we're doing meditations or like self-worth stuff, it's it goes in a totally different direction to what people imagine. Mm. Yeah. I have a question. Right, so say someone's mm-hmm. been brought up like in a financially secure family. Mm-hmm. Do you think they would also have like money blocks of some kind? Oh, absolutely. That's the myth. People think that you only go see a money coach if you don't, if you, if you came up in poverty or if you came up in scarcity. Mm. Actually, no. A lot of my clients have actually been brought up in very wealthy families. And money was never a problem on the outside, right? Uh-huh. But on the inside, it's a completely different story. Wow. Because it doesn't matter how much you have if you feel funny about it, if you're made to feel funny about it, if you're made to feel guilty about it, or if you're made to feel better than everybody else about it. It doesn't matter how much you have. You're still going to have something. Yeah. You know, you're still going to feel something. You're still going to attract it or repel it or be very confused about it. So. Whoa. I know people that have, yeah, they've grown up in quite, in families that are not well-to-do or in, but they've never even known that they are quote unquote poor. Mm -hmm. I don't really use that word. I don't like the word poor, but in like the financial, in financial terms, they didn't grow up with a lot, but Mm -hmm. if you didn't grow up with a lot and then everybody around you doesn't have a lot, let's say like you, you're, you're born in rural somewhere, right? Yeah. And you're a farmer, your parents are farmers, everybody around you are farmers. How would you know if you have less than, rich people in the city if you don't know them mm. oh okay so like one of the main things that kind of causes people to feel inferior is like comparison of course yeah yeah what are like the main blocks that people come to you for um well the main blocks are i would say guilt about having a lot of money that's a big block mm. or feeling like they're depleting their parents out of money mm-hmm. because they just feel guilty because they well that's a different kind of guilt than the first type of guilt that i was uh, that i just mentioned mm-hmm. but feeling guilty that their parents supported them or feeling guilty mm. that something has happened to them and that they needed their parents support yeah. others um are just feelings of not being good enough kind of thing Mm -hmm. or like seeking security from the wrong things or seeking security from the external yeah so that is the most i would say that's the top one like seeking that sense of confidence or seeking um safety from things that are outside of you Mm -hmm. as opposed to things that are inside of you Mm, yeah i'm really curious what inspired you to start on this road to having like a really healthy relationship with money well, um, so I've always been a money nerd, always. Um, I've been brought up in a house where money was always an issue, whether it's abundant or scarce or something. It always has to do with money. And my father taught me a lot about money, even though he was uh, he is the reason why I had a conflicted relationship with money mm-hmm. and with a lot of things. But he was quite good with the books, and he taught me a lot. And at the time, I thought, I don't want to learn this from the stingy man and blah, blah, blah. But 
it kind of, you know, it kind of worked out because I ended up moving across the world to Australia mm-hmm. and I was on my own all of a sudden, like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. No one's giving me an allowance. I kind of need to make the money, make it last, mm-hmm. pay for shit, and then save. Yeah. Yikes. So I kind of just taught myself that. And subconsciously, whatever my dad taught me as a kid kind of like came up even though I was very I was very resistant to the fact that he taught me anything good because you know there's a lot of negative things that came up from my relationship with him mm-hmm. but the funny thing is that um, as the years progressed the more I learned that I really needed to be better at money I really needed to be um, like more savvy kind of mm-hmm. thing and I am a bargain hunter so I was like yeah this is fun but then the more I noticed people around me not having that education you know when you're brought up with something mm-hmm. you just think everybody else is like that and then you look around and you're like oh okay yeah <laughs> we're not the same at all like you don't know what you're doing yeah so that it was kind of a period of just like observation but then um, I had a situation in my life where I really, 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 really needed to travel for a very long time mm-hmm. just because of, a, let's just call it like a soul awakening yeah. that I had and I knew I needed to be in other, in another place mm-hmm. where I wasn't there right. yet. And I, I know you know what I'm talking about and it's no secret. However, the first thing that I needed, of course, to make that happen was money mm. because it's 2000, it was 2015 back then. But I mean, whatever we want right now, we kind of need a fair bit of money to make it happen. Yeah. Whether we want to be like, or whether we want to, we want to educate ourselves, whether we want to progress ourselves in any way, mm-hmm. we need money. Or we want to heal a wound, we need money. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, the, it is what it is. And one of the first things that I did was I um, sat down with myself and I got very clear on my personal vision and mission mm-hmm. in life and why I was born. Okay. Because I do believe that we're all here for a purpose. Mm. And money kind of facilitates you getting to that purpose. Yeah. Or one of your purposes. Um, so, yeah, one of the first things that I did was I organized my money and I created a system for myself, which is like very goal-oriented, value-based, mm-hmm. and which is in one, it's highly spiritual. Like, it's very, it was a very holistic approach, and I started teaching that in workshops, and that's how it started for me. It was very, like, off the cuff. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty much everything in my life. It's just like, oh, all right, let's go. <laughs> I love that. Everything's evolving all the time. How, so like you sat down yourself and like discovered your purpose. What was that process like? It was painful. It was very painful. I mean, have you sat in front of a mirror and stared into your eyes for ages? I'm sure you've done that as a kid. It was kind of like that with a journal trying to get to the bottom of shit. Like, why am I feeling this way? Mm. And what do I want? Is it really that trip that I want? But what is it really that I want? Yeah. And just like, it was so painful. I remember facing a lot of resistance and just like, oh, look, I have to go and do the dishes. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Nadine, yeah. sit your ass down. You need to write this down. Yeah. And it took me hours and hours of like, just soul searching to finally get to the core of what it was that I wanted and why I wanted to change my life so radically. Mm. And so suddenly, because... At that time, I had the most perfect life. And it wasn't like, oh my God, I was just born into it. I worked hard to get the life that I had back then. Yeah. 
I immigrated, I built everything from scratch, you know, you, you move somewhere new, nothing is ready for you. You have to create mm. everything. And once everything was created, I was like, all right, <laughs> time to move on now. Is this to New Mexico? And no, that was from Melbourne to New Orleans. Oh, okay, yeah, I forgot you went there first. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when I, I'm really feeling like to speak about your purpose here, you know, when you kind of like got to the bottom of everything, was it obvious to you all along, like what it was, or was it really some like deep soul searching? Um, it was, it was too, all right. So I'm, I'm a very aware person and I've always been quite aware of what's happening inside of me. So it wasn't like this massive revelation. It wasn't like, oh my God, I'm going to go cure or something. Yeah. No, the thing is, is that I just needed to label what it was that I've always known and put it into words. Okay. And then when I found that that was my purpose and it was too simplistic because I knew what it was, that was a bit confusing. But then I was like, why should it be difficult? Yeah. Why should it be complicated? Why can't it be simple? Because it kind of like just resonated with me. So it is it is this mm. and it still is so yeah that's awesome how can someone start to heal their relationship with money um i find that being vulnerable allowing yourself to be vulnerable whether it's with yourself or with your coach or with your accountability buddy but just allowing yourself that vulnerability. And I know it's not like you just click your fingers and you're, oh my God, I'm vulnerable. No, mm. that's not how it works. But just allowing, just understanding that uh, perhaps you weren't taught about it. So you're not really bad at it. You just didn't know. Yeah. And just allowing yourself that grace and then kind of understanding that if you want to heal your relationship, your money, mm -hmm. you need to be ready to dive very, very deep in mm, within yourself. Right. But also you kind of need some compassion because we, it's very, very quickly that we shift from like, okay, I'm doing this to like self-criticism and self-judgment. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly why you probably need somebody to guide you through it. Somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. And even myself, like I've always had a good relationship with money and good relationship with like the universe in general, mm. but I've also had people help me just face some certain fears because if I were to face them on my own, I would shift from, you know, when I'm helping someone, I'm obviously the person that's like the, like the observant and also the person that is making sure that the conversation doesn't like fall into like victim right. or like blame or like self-criticism self-judgment and drama mm. but when it's you with yourself in your journal or like whatever it is it's very very easy for you to fall into that because you kind of need someone to just rein it in mm -hmm. so that's why you need somebody you trust and somebody who knows what they're doing to just like whoa no we're not going down there yeah. that's we're not digging for shit yeah. we're digging for gold here I'm right i love that so yeah, that's yeah. so powerful. So that's one of the things that I would say that you're going to go in deep. And if you don't go deep, if you think that you're just going to line up your numbers together, mm. you're not doing anything. Anybody can put numbers together and make them look pretty. Mm -hmm. The funny thing and the thing that was very surprising for me is that my very, very first 
client mm. was an accountant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they like knew the numbers, but they didn't really understand the energetics. I mean, like I said, yeah, you just chuck numbers together yeah. and make them add up and make them look like you've given every dollar a job. Cool. But no, the energetics, no. Yeah. She didn't know what she was doing. She didn't know why she was doing that. Like, why is that your goal? And then sometimes we find that whatever somebody's goal is, actually, it's something that they, they actually don't want. Ooh. You know, I have someone that's like, yeah, someone's like, oh, I really, I really need to come and see you because I want to save up for a house. It's always like that. I want to get out of debt. I want to save for a house. I want to save to have this. I want to save to, but it's always like after months of working together, it is a 360 transformation where they don't even recognize themselves because they've dug so deep into their soul that they realize that this is not actually their goal. Like they, the goal they initially came to see me for. Yeah. Let's say they want to get out of debt, but okay, that is a goal and we do work on that. Mm -hmm. However, I'm not going to patch it up and say, well, do this and pay this, you know, anyone can say that, but like, how can you be keep you out of debt forever how can we just like change your mentality to somebody who is always debt free mm -hmm. because i didn't grow up with in a debt community like i grew up in the middle east where we didn't even know what a credit card was it's like this american thing oh. right like when i was growing up in the 80s yeah like, no one knew what a credit card was we didn't even have debit cards what? In the East. yeah like it was later on that they're like oh this plastic thing you go and it, it was just a new thing. So I didn't grow up with any of this. And then when I moved to Australia, also, I don't think it's a very high debt like, culture there, even though they think they are. Mm. But then you live in America, like that's the, the advantage that I have when it comes to money is that I've lived in so many different countries mm -hmm. and I've observed so many different cultures and the way they money that I have like this very holistic view of money. Mm. I have, like I've studied money from different like cultures. Like it's more of an anthropological dig in money that I have. That's yeah. like kind of my edge. But just watching the way that America deals with money and like, how they bombard you with credit card applications mm -hmm. and how anybody can get a credit card and it doesn't matter if it's actually in alignment with your right. with your capacity to pay it back. It's just so easy here. But the thing is I did an IGTV about this once, and I did training how, like, I had to get a credit card living in the U.S. because I had to build a credit score. Oh, okay. So it's like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing. <sighs> but that's kind of like something very different than I've noticed about the American culture when it comes to their relationship with money. It's very different to the French or the Australian, or Middle Eastern, or any any of these countries where I've lived. Yeah. Very so what do you think like dictates all that is it like the way that the government's there or like you know like what's really going on behind the scenes i do feel like there is more um comparison i think it's the comparison um, factor like keeping up with the joneses is more um prominent in certain cultures mm -hmm. than in other cultures yeah oh so that's like one of the main like root causes Yes, I feel like it is. Yeah, wow. keeping up with the Joneses is definitely, it's definitely one of the the causes mm -hmm. of this whole thing. Like, and also the other one would be instant gratification. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Patching things up, like, oh, I did this. 
and you do it and you're like, I still feel empty. Yeah. As opposed to different cultures, like another culture would be like, why do you feel this way? It's more of a spiritual approach to your needs as opposed to a physical or like a um, consumer approach to your needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we all have needs as human beings, but you you either get to the root of that need or you actually just patch it up and make it quiet for a couple of days and then it'll like raise its head again. Like, I want this now! Yeah. And if that's your habit, you know? So, you know, like if someone gets to the root of like their, let's say their money trauma. <laughs> I can like visualize what I want to say, but sometimes I find it really hard to put into words. Like how easy is it to start like rebuilding your like a new money pattern and like a a new energy with money the method that i use i would say that as soon as we shed light on what patterns need breaking Mm -hmm. that is the beginning of the healing process so before that you can run around in circles for years not knowing what patterns to break because you're just trying to break the wrong patterns. But once we pinpoint what patterns, like a lot of breakthroughs happen in like the coaching sessions. It's always not the thing that you thought it was. But as soon as you see what it really is, yeah, that like shedding that light and that is just the beginning of it all. And then the rest of it is just reconditioning yourself, which I'm not going to say it's simple. Mm-hmm. But it's easy, it's complicated, but it's easy because you kind of know what it is and, and um, we kind of like play out scenarios where these certain patterns play out and how we respond to them differently and mm-hmm. respond to them from different perspectives kind of thing. So it's not like a, an easy fix, of course, but as, as soon as you, like, you can't hit a target if you can't see the target. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you, can't, you can't just like throw things into the wind and hope something sticks. You kind of need to see where the bullseye is and then shoot towards it. And once you shoot towards it, then things will happen. Mm, I love that. Otherwise, you're just like running around in circles, right? Mm. So. You sounded so Aussie when you said that, by the way. <laughs> it's coming out. It's coming oh, out. One, one of my <laughs> many nationalities. Oh, <laughs> uh, So like... What's the future for money? I'm so curious. Where do you think it's going to go? Um, I, I have my, one of my mentors once said, money is God's greatest experiment with, with humankind. Ooh. I love that. She's amazing. Yeah. Her name's she is amazing. And I felt like that resonated a lot because money is a man-made energy. It's not an energy that's found in nature. It's something that we created, right? Mm, okay. More like human-made energy. We created this, the money energy. The future of it? I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. So if it was created, like, mm-hmm. when was it created, by the way? Oh, I would say after the... Um, I think the whole idea of like exchanging one thing for another was like when the agricultural boom happened. Mm. So we're exchanging goods and then it became more like money. There is a whole history behind it, but um, I would say, I don't know, 
thirties, forties, twenties. Yeah. Something like that. Before that, I can't. Don't quote me on this. I'm not really <laughs> sure, but um, it was a means of exchange that just evolved. I wonder if it was created in like the um, unhealthy masculine energy, and then once that kind of like exits the world, then it will kind of shift into something else. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I have one more question, actually. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, yeah. you got to go now. <laughs> you owe me, so you're staying here. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do owe you, sorry. How do you feel like having a good relationship with money has benefited other areas of your life? Oh, everything. Um, one thing that popped up, the first one, was my relationship with my partner. Mm. So when I fell into a trap of not having a good relationship with money, because it fluctuates, like, oh my God, I have such a good relationship with money forever. <laughs> it fluctuates because certain things trigger you. And um, the way I coach is, I, I was telling you, I use archetypes mm -hmm. and some things trigger your tyrant archetype, which is like the really angry, self-critical one. Mm -hmm. And certain things have happened throughout my relationship with my partner that has triggered that tyrant in me where it reflected really badly on my relationship with my partner, where I'm like nickel and diming, where I'm like really angry, really critical of the way they spend money or the way that we've been spending money mm -hmm. or the way I've been spending money. And it's just anger, you know, when you're just angry, you're angry with everything, yeah. not knowing what you're angry about until you sit down and you're like, Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say my relationship with my, my partner has changed a lot since um, I've been facing my money more and more and the deeper I go. Again, like I am not perfect with money. I have a good relationship with it, but I'm not perfect with it yet. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anyone is because like every relationship, it goes through waves. Yeah. Um, another thing is also your relationship to things and the, um, the importance that you give to things around you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a direct reflection of how you feel about yourself at certain times or parts of your life, periods of your life. So sometimes you give too much value for the things that you purchase or the things that you have around mm -hmm. you. And that's because you're deriving some, some security from these things. Right. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not like saying sell your shit. I'm just saying that sometimes your sense of security is coming from your nice house. And that's not, not a bad thing. It's your home, uh -huh. right? It's your home. It's your we're tribal people. We need to have like some kind of, you know, stability in some way. Yeah. But that's, it's like you watering your plant too much. Kind of thing. Like if it's too much, then it goes into another direction where you're giving all your worth to these external factors. Mm. So I would say relationship with people, relationship with things and your relationship with your spirit, with your whole like spirituality practice. That is really um, it's affected by money and it affects your money. So it's a really holistic, like... Absolutely. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. It makes me think that literally yeah, so, everything's a self-reflection. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever you're going through, whatever you experience with money, it's just a reflection of, like, what's going on inside you. Yeah, but not many people have the luxury to self-reflect. Self mm. Okay. That is a luxury. 
self-reflection and sitting down with yourself and having that mental capacity mm. to start thinking about yourself and how you're feeling, it truly is a luxury. Why do you think that? Not many people have that because you just don't have time. Sometimes people have like a million children running mm. around and they can't think. Sometimes they have a sick partner yeah. or a sick parent and they can't just like carve out that time for themselves because they're in go 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 mode and sometimes they are in survival mode yeah sometimes they are living in such an abusive relationship whether mm -hmm. it was with a parent or a partner mm -hmm. that all they need to do is survive from day to day and not get abused as opposed to like sit down and be in retrospect right into like thinking about themselves and how they're feeling because they know they feel like shit and they kind of need to escape yeah so in our in our world it's so easy to say just go and meditate go and do this and go and think about how you're feeling or how are you really feeling but in in reality that is really a luxury having that space in your mind mm -hmm. is a luxury wow that's a really good reminder. and a lot of people don't have that yeah a lot of people don't have that luxury because maybe they are so worried with money mm. about money and how they're going to feed their family that they're not like going to sit down and think about it like they're all in go mode I'm not saying it's healthy yeah i'm just saying just appreciate appreciate having 10 minutes you get to meditate you get yeah. to self like self-respect that's not a it's not a thing just because all your friends on facebook can do that doesn't mean that everybody in the world can do that oh my god you've made me really look at my life now and just like be way more grateful for what i have and the time that i have to like look after myself and yeah, you, you mm -hmm. just don't think sometimes what other people are going through, and no, it's crazy. Do you have like any suggestions if someone is kind of like stuck in a rut, like, and they're kind of in the survival mode? What would be like one like really small thing that could help them like shift? I would say seek help. Right. It's there's nothing wrong or shameful or weak about seeking help. Mm -hmm. You just need support. We all need support. We're human beings. We're supposed to rely on each other, rely on our connections to thrive. Yeah. And even if that meant going and speak to a therapist or a coach or even a friend, just verbalizing things sometimes helps. Mm -hmm. You know, how good you feel after you get off the phone with your best friend or your mother or any of that. Mm -hmm. Just seek out help. Start talking about it. There's nothing wrong with feeling like shit you're entitled to feel like shit. Don't feel guilty about feeling like shit. Thanks for that. I feel like that will provide a lot of relief for people. You know, just giving them the permission to be going through something. Yeah. Yeah, and don't feel bad when when you come across an inspirational quote that, quote that says, dream big, or like something that's just like, and you can't, you don't have the mental capacity to do it don't feel bad about that you're not a bad person you just can't do it right now mm. it's okay just acknowledge that wow that's powerful that's really touched my heart I just, this is like the reason why I'm doing this podcast. It's just to help people see that there's another way and you can be more kind to yourself and just like I just kind of <laughs> I hope this can be a platform to like help people and I think by bringing people like you on and just speaking so honestly and just like speaking to people's hearts I just believe that you'll have touched at least one person by saying what you've said today so thank you oh, 
so welcome and I'm so welcome. I'm so grateful to be here. You're very welcome. Um, but like having honest conversations is the key to our connections uh, as as a human as human beings. It's all it is because there's a lot of fake positivity out there, mm-hmm. and it is a reflection of the people that are putting this fake positivity out there. But also, it could make other vulnerable people feel a little bit bad about their lives, and that's not what we want. I don't think that's the mm. purpose of what we're doing as a collective in the in the personal development world. Yeah, I think it's just being true to yourself, no matter what's going on in the moment, you know. But mm-hmm. um, life is yeah. a freaking journey, isn't it, babe? It is. Of course it is. Yeah. And you're only, what, 26? How old are you now? I, stop it, I'm 27. <laughs> oh, my little baby. Oh, 27. That was fun. Right. Cut. <laughs> on social media (laughs) um they can find me on um at save a million cents that's the name of my business and www.saveamilliancents.com um yeah that's where you can find me oh well thank you for coming on i've loved your energy i love you (laughs) despite despite some things that pop up (laughs) but it's okay (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, that is it. Much love.